grab your Bibles, you can just, just be seated, if that's okay with you. Uh, grab Psalm 81. And I want to declare our vision prayer over this word tonight. Glory to God. Glory to God. All right, you got it? Let's declare this together. Ready, go. I will come to visions and revelations of who you are. Pour out your spirit upon me and make known your words unto me. Make me to understand the way of your precepts. So shall I talk of your wondrous works. Open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your word. The eyes of my understanding being enlightened that I may know what is the hope of the, your calling. Show me, Father God, great and mighty things that I know not of in Jesus' name. All right, you ready for God to manifest that in your life? All right. Psalm 81, and uh, I'm going to read from the New King James first, verse 10. You got it? I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Now I'm hoping all of y'all are already up to speed on that. Even if you're still in the hand, I'm hoping you're out of the land already. I'm hoping you're already at the edge of the wilderness or in the wilderness by now. So he brought you out of the land of Egypt. Open your mouth wide and I will fill it. Open your mouth wide and I will fill it. I want to talk tonight. We're 5780 Rosh Hashanah. The simple subject, open your mouth. Open your mouth. Open your mouth. Saying around that says, closed mouths don't get fed. That's why it always bothers me when I am preaching and I say, say this, and people sit there and keep their mouths shut and don't say anything. I want to I get as uh, uh, forceful as Dr. Leroy Thompson might sometimes just <laughs> kind of click on you and say, you're just, you just going to sit there with your broke self and not say what I'm telling you to say? And I understand the reason behind it is because some people don't understand that there's power in the words that they speak. And that when the man of God or woman of God, whoever's preaching or prophesying, tells you to say something, uh, these, these actions go along with uh, making things happen. We, we talked a few weeks ago, a couple weeks ago, whenever it was, in prayer on one Wednesday morning on foolish things. And... Many times we don't understand that when you're given instructions like that, it's these foolish things like, you know, money coming, just, you know, doing things like that or that, that just, just grow your faith and release supernatural uh, power to work in your life. I remember hearing the story just came to mind about uh, dad talking about how uh, one time he, had, he was going through, I forget the physical, some kind of physical uh, issues dealing with Apostle Derber. And he talked about how uh, he got his Bible out and stood on it. 
physically stood on it. Now that looks foolish to anybody. But he said, he told God, God, I'm standing on your word. It might be foolish to you, but that's an action of his faith. I remember when we were uh, believing God for a place to live, my wife and I, and for our children, uh, a little over six years ago, six and a half years ago, whatever it was. And we went to the house that we're currently in, a house out of our budget, out of our class, out of our neighborhood, out of our echelon, out of our everything. Just way out there. And we were with, uh, our spiritual parents were with us, and they, uh, dad uh, was saying, the hand of God is all over this. And so I believed the prophet. I couldn't figure out how in the world we were going to afford it. No way we could afford it on, on our meager. Uh, it, w- it wouldn't matter. We, we could have doubled our salary and all that stuff, and we couldn't afford it. And, and I didn't know how we were going to do it. And so uh, in the back of the house, uh, there's, there's still there a uh, big old banana tree. You know, they got the banana trees in your house. Uh, banana tree back there, and so uh, actually a few of them, and so he went and grabbed a banana off the tree and uh, put it in my hand and said, hold on to this. Yes, sir. He said, this is your point of contact. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So for the next week and a half, almost two weeks, however long it took us to move in, I carried this banana around everywhere. Well, my man of God told me Hold on to this banana. This is your point of contact. Now, I might have looked like a crazy crazy uh, monkey to somebody. But this monkey living on the pink streets now. This, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I know that offended half of y'all black people but when I said that. I'm, my point I'm making is, whatever he says unto you, do it. See? You have, to, you have to be willing to do the foolish thing. So when I tell you to say something, and doggone it, just say it. Get past your personality. Get past your noggin. Don't try to reason out what I'm telling you. Just say it. Just do it. All right? This is the, the era that we're entering into, and I want to explore that tonight. All right? Now, we, we have just, we're coming out of the 5770s. Right? Yes, right? Yes, sir. Like we're in, in, the, in the Gregorian or the Roman calendar, we're, we're getting ready to leave the uh, 20 teens. Right. right? In other words, a new decade begins right. January. But for us, if we sync with God, the new decade has just begun today. Okay? So the 5770s, I just want to remind you of that. I taught, uh, once we got a hold of it, thank God for, uh, it was Apostle Philip Thornton came and taught us about that, synchronized with God several years ago, and I've not let it go. I've not, I, I, I saw it. I could see it in the word of God. He showed it to us. And I, I sync with God, and our lives have changed ever since. That, that's why uh, I, these Rosh Hashanah, I'm not Jewish, but I understand we have, we have been made partakers of the covenant. So I don't go walk around wearing a yarmulke, and I don't walk around with, you know, a, a shawl, prayer shawl. I don't pray with my head covered. I don't do all these different things that people do as Jews. And when Feast of Tabernacles comes in a few weeks, I'm not going to have my family living outside in a booth for a week. 
but I am going to give that feast offering. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Because I realize that yes, it's, an it's not an obligation, it's an opportunity. Yes, because I've been made partaker of that same covenant that they're in. Yes, so we've never, we've never missed a feast since he taught it. Never, just, never, just never did it. Because we sync with God. And, and so I don't, I don't apologize for being blessed and debt free and prosperous and healthy and happy. And, you understand? He, that's what he taught us years ago. Amen? All right, so we were in the 5770s, and uh, I gave you, we, we had this here, this word, uh, ayin. Remember that, ayin? It's so a 70. And there's a picture of it. Do you all have that picture that I sent you of ayin? You remember this? We use this every year. And ayin means to see because it's a picture literally of eyes. Whatever you see, the Hebrew letters, numbers, alphabet, uh, words, they are, you know, you ever heard, we, we use the phrase, a picture makes a thousand words, picture worth a thousand words. The Hebrew alphabet is just that way. Every letter in the Hebrew alphabet means something. It's, there's a message behind it. Every letter has a, is a picture. You got it? So this picture of ayin is a picture of seeing or sight, the two eyes on top. Y'all stick with me here. Now, this is just review because all y'all know this already, right? Okay. Y'all been listening every year, right? I pray I've not been wasting my time for years. So the 5770s, Ayin, we, last year we just, we're coming out of Ayin Tate. Did you said it. Thank you, man. Did I hear you say Tate? Man, praise the Lord. Take one of them, man, for you and your wife. He said, I'm so proud of you, D. Man, that's my deacon right there. Glory to God. All right. So, Ayin. So, the 5770s were. A decade, it, it was, rather, that's proper English, it was a decade of uh, revelation, it, of uh, deep spiritual insight, of instruction, of wisdom from God, of a decade of visions and dreams, a decade of prophetic utterances that came forth during that decade. All right? Whether you were aware of it or not, this is what was happening. Whether you were in on it or not, this is what was happening. Now, many of you were in on it. You knew what was going on. You, you were having visions and dreams that just, wow. God was showing you things. We've come into a greater revelation than we've ever known. I'll come on this side. I said we've come into greater revelation than we've ever known. Um, God showed us great and mighty things that we did not know of. And that's what the, the 70s were all about. Any 70s babies in here? Yes, sir. I'm talking about the 57 70s. I was, I'm a 57 70s baby. In other words, before that time, I really didn't know much. 
what I thought I knew, I found out most of it was wrong. Come on now, help me out. What I found out, the things I thought I knew, most of it was wrong. I was good and religious. I didn't know anything about the word of faith. I didn't know anything about the kingdom of God. Remember, it was 2010 I started teaching you on the kingdom. 70s. See? Prosperity teaching that we, we understand now is in this decade. So this decade was a decade to, uh, to see beyond what we had ever seen. To see things we had never seen. Glory to God. And now we're shifting. So my hope is that everybody saw something. That you learned, you received something. You, you gained some revelation during that time. You know some things now you didn't know back in, in the 60s. You got it? I mean, I was a, I was a good Kojic boy. Good religious. So I got some other Kojics in here. There's a few of y'all snuck in here. Oh, I feel, yeah, that's right, y'all. Kojic too. Kojics, 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 Kojics. Kojic. Now, so these, glory to God. These visions and dreams, these prophetic utterances that, that we've been learning about or hearing have been pointing always towards a future manifestation. And that's the way it works. I want you to turn your Bible to Amos 3, verses 7 and 8. Amos 3, verses 7 and 8. Glory to God. I'm glad y'all are here tonight. I'm glad for those who are watching us online from various areas in the, in the world. Because you're getting a head start on 2020. Rosh Hashanah gives us a head start that what some people are going to wait to 2020, January 1 to start, you're going to already have a head start. If you hear and receive what we're talking about. Amos 3, verse 7 and 8 says, Sure the Lord God does nothing unless he reveals his secret to his servants, the prophets. Y'all got it? So God does nothing unless he reveals it. So God's going to always tell what he's going to do. He's going to tell somebody what he's doing. So God never, listen, listen, listen. You, you and I can't surprise God. And he's not trying to surprise us. I don't, I don't know if you understand that. I don't, I don't know if you understand that you and I are friends of God. Jesus said, I don't, I don't no one call you servants, I call you friends because a servant doesn't know what his master's doing. So as friends of God, he's revealing to us what he's doing. Now, that doesn't mean that you won't get surprised with a little blessing here and there. I'm not talking about that. But I'm talking about his movement, his actions in the earth are not supposed to surprise the children of God. That means that even when Jesus Christ returns, it should not be a surprise to us. Y'all don't, don't say anything. Well, he's coming as a thief in the night. Yes, yes, to them. But not to us. 
we're going to have, I believe, a strong sense that we better get ready today. Today's the day. You got it? Because he said, I won't do anything in the earth. I won't do anything unless I reveal it, my secret to my servants, the prophets. Now look at verse 8, please. Verse 8. A lion has roared. Who will not fear? The Lord God has spoken. Who can but prophesy? Who can? So when the Lord speaks, who can but prophesy? So it's not talk, just talking about any just the prophets, but even you. I was sharing this on Sunday. Uh, Brother Chris was letting me know something the Lord had been dealing with him about. And, uh, and uh, uh, I was, he was talking about a, a calling, a, a bent that's on his life. Uh, and I was telling him, well, that's, I understand. It's, you're not going to surprise me by saying it because you're in this house. If you're in this house, there is a, an apostolic uh, calling. There is a prophetic calling on your life. You can't be in this house and be properly connected without there coming on you an apostolic and prophetic calling on your life. I'm not telling you that you're going to be an apostle. I'm not telling you that you're going to be a prophet. But I'm telling you that you can't be in this house and properly connected and you don't have apostolic ways about you. You don't have prophetic ways about you. It's impossible. Unless you're just in the, in the, in the group. Just, just, just a spectator. Don't be that person. If you're going to be in, be in. Because you need to be apostolic. You need to be prophetic. So you know what's going on. So you're not surprised by anything. Glory to God. So that, not only are you not surprised, but you have a, an advantage of insider information. You know, it's said in the world that one, one of the master keys to being rich is in the world. The being rich is to know where everybody's going and get there first. That's one of the master keys about being rich. That's what it's said in the world, secular world, is know where everybody's going and get there first. So you and I are supposed to know where everything's going, what everything's, what everything's doing, and just be there first. That's why I'm so glad you, you and I are gathered tonight for a Rosh Hashanah service three, four months ahead of everybody else so we can know how to operate in this season. All right, now, I want, you to show you, I want to show you something else. Let's keep going here. Numbers 12, verse 6. Let me try to pick the pace up a little bit. Numbers 12, verse 6. I'm trying not to preach, preach so much. Numbers 12, verse 6. <clears throat> this is uh, God talking. It says, then he said, God said, hear now my words, if there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, make myself known to him in a vision. I speak to him in a dream. All right? So God speaks to prophets, and if you are in a prophetic house, he will speak to you this same way in visions and dreams. Got it? All right, 1 Samuel 9 and verse 9. I'm moving quickly through this part here. I want to get to where I'm going. 1 Samuel 9, y'all ever heard of Saul, who was the first king of Israel? Yes. Saul had lost his father's sheep, his father's donkeys rather, and he has to find uh, the father's donkeys so he don't get his, you know, get a whooping. <laughs> and so he and his servant are there like, what are we going to do? Hey, we got to find, if we find a man of God, we find a prophet, uh, if we can find somebody, uh, he'll know where our donkeys are. 
Now, he don't know just because just to know it, but God will reveal it to him where the donkeys are. Got it? So 1 Samuel 9, verse 9 says this. Formerly in Israel, when a man went to inquire of God, he spoke thus. Come, watch this, let us go to the seer. For he who is now called a prophet was formerly called a seer. Everybody say seer. So a prophet is a seer. I want you to see that here. Remember, I'm going to come to visions and dreams, according to this here. I'm going to reveal things in visions and dreams. So most times we think prophets, prophets hear everything. The reality of it is a prophet does not necessarily hear things. A prophet more so sees things. And he tries then to, he or she tries to then articulate what they see. That's even, even when, y'all stick with me for a minute. Even when you have the gifts of the spirit working and you have two of them that are tandem gifts called uh, the gifts of tongues and interpretation of tongues. So when you hear interpretation of tongues, one person may stare and say, The person who has interpretation sees a picture. They don't, they don't necessarily hear words, they see a picture. So that person who, who has interpretation may stand there and talk for five minutes. And they're like, but no, the, the tongues was uh, 30 seconds. How are you talking for five minutes? Because he's trying to articulate a picture. It didn't say um, translation of tongues. It's interpretation of tongues. Got it? That's what the gift is. Not translation, interpretation. I've gone and I preached uh, in, in, um, in Zambia. And they speak a language there called Bimba. And uh, when I preach there, I'm, I'm, I'll say, you know, the Lord is good. And then, like, what? All I said was the Lord is good at four words, cuz. Are you still talking? Why? Because he's trying to put what I said into a, a, a way, and he has to give them a picture because they're work, just like when I've gone, my wife and I preached in the Marshall Islands uh, before, a couple years ago, and I've gone to preach for Marshallese conferences all throughout this country. And, and in the Marshallese, they, they don't speak English, what well, some of them do, but primarily they speak Marshallese. That's the name of their language. And so you say something, it might take them a minute to say what you said in 15 seconds. Why? Because there, there are words that don't carry over from English to Marshallese or from English to Bimba, so they have to try to um, uh, interpret, give a picture of what you're saying to the people so the people can understand it. Y'all follow me? So when, when, oh, glory to God. I don't even know why I'm getting on this track except this is helping somebody here. So when you see something in a vision or a dream, when God speaks to you, he speaks to you in pictures. And then you, you try to articulate what he's showing you. How many of y'all have ever done that? And you find it sometimes difficult to express to somebody, to try to give expression. Oh, man, that's... I've, 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 it's, sometimes it's frustrating. 
when you're trying to give expression to your vision. I saw something, but it's hard for me to, to, to put in, in comprehensible, comprehensible words what I'm seeing. So I'm just going to do the best I can. Now, that's the decade that we've been in. So he says here, he was called a prophet, was formerly called a seer, because prophets see. That's how I got all the way over there on this whole piece. Praise God. Thank y'all for leaving that scripture up, because I was trying to figure, how did I get way over there? Now, all right, so everybody say see. See. All right, now let's go to Proverbs 29, verse 18. New King James, please. Because... It's, it's, you ought to be thanking God every morning that you are in a prophetic house. And I'm not saying that to pump myself up or to, um, to cause any honor or worship of me. I'm not worth any honor or worship. Well, I'm worth double honor. I'm, let me fix that real quick. I labor in the word and doctrine. I labor so... But I'm talking about I'm not trying to get anybody. I'm not, this is not self-ingrandizement. I'm trying to get you to understand that you are connected and you receive impartation from whatever comes out of my mouth. You got it? All right, now, so Proverbs 29 verse 18 says this. Where there is no revelation. Now, remember what I told you, the 70s, 5770s have been all about revelation. revelation. Where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. Y'all got to catch this. Where there is no revelation, the people go uh, 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 astray. They, they, they get in all kind of other stuff. So one of the things that's happened across America is that there's been a loss of revelation. That now across America, across the biggest churches in America, they're preaching about books and they're preaching about movies and they're preaching about secular songs and they're preaching these things because there's no revelation. And so what's happened as a result in the body of Christ, people have cast off restraint. They're doing whatever they want to do now. Because there's been no revelation. See, revelation keeps you in line with God. But when there's just uh, information being disseminated, got your book, got your workbook, got you a storyteller. You know, we preaching social justice and everybody, we're going to preach, we're going to preach this, we, you know, we're going to preach pro this and we're going to preach anti this and so on and so forth. You're not, you're not really dealing with revelation. You're dealing with information and commentary. So without revelation, there's no importation, so the people have nothing when they leave. Y'all with me here? He says, but happy is he who keeps the law. Now let's switch, switch please, and give me this same verse in the Passion Translation. Y'all got time tonight? I'm, I'm, I'm going to try not to preach the whole decade. I'm just trying to preach, <laughs> just give you a preview of coming attractions for this decade and how you and I have to operate in this decade. All right, now, where there, when there is no clear prophetic vision, 
people quickly wander astray. Got it? So when it says here in New King James Revelation, we see here now no clear prophetic vision. That means when now the preachers, pastors, teachers are not prophetic. They're not seeing anything. They're echoes, which means they're only repeating what they hear. I just, oh, y'all got to catch this. This is, this is better than I thought, Holy Ghost. I didn't even know this was, it was this good when he was telling me this earlier. The prophets were formerly called seers. So a prophet must see something. But when you have people who are just simply echoing, what's the trending message? What's the trending word? What's trending on Instagram? What's trending on, on, on Twitter? What's trending in the news? When they're just uh, echoing that, there is no revelation. There's no importation. And the people quickly wander astray. So it's no wonder the church is in such a mess as it is today in America. It's the devil. It ain't the devil. It ain't the devil. My God. The devil's always been around. Hosea 4, 6, my people perish for lack of knowledge. The priests, he said, have rejected knowledge. Now, not rejected seminary knowledge. You forgot the law of your God. Are y'all with me here? Yes, sir. So you ought to be thanking God. I'm sure some of y'all thank him later. Y'all, I'll thank him later, Pastor. I'll thank him later. I'll thank him in the morning, Pastor, when I pray. I ain't going to thank him right now. All right, now. So remember in last year, 2018, uh-huh. at the beginning of the year, I told you I was in prayer. I was sitting there one morning, and the Holy Ghost spoke to me and said, every prophetic word you've ever heard, every prophetic word that has been released is for now. And he said, every prophetic word that will be, will be released from now on is also for now. Y'all remember that? Some of y'all were around then. And I shared that, man, that was wild. I said, wow. You're saying everything that you've, that you've spoken before it's been, is for now. So it's no surprise to me when I look back and I look up to see, you know, what's going on with, with our spiritual parents and I see that, that phase two that's been prophesied for a couple of decades, a little more than a couple of decades, is manifesting now. Just, just an astonishing acceleration of you know, the Bible says in, in uh, Isaiah 60, verse 22, God said, he said this. He said, one will become a thousand and, and uh, he, no, he said, a small one will become a, a, a great nation, a strong nation. He said, our Lord will hasten it in its time. So whenever the time hits, there's an acceleration. So it's when I look and see what's happening with phase two, we talk about it all the time. 
Then when I look and, and, and dad and mom called us the other, uh, other day a couple weeks ago about uh, a prophecy that he had received 31 years ago. 31 years ago. About him being able to meet and talk to a particular uh, general of the faith. And then also that he was going to now preach with that general of the faith. That was 31 years ago. Here it is in the last two weeks. All of that has happened and the, they're now scheduled to preach together next month in November. That's a 30, now some of y'all, you've been waiting 31 days and about to give up. Y'all ain't saying it. Some of y'all been waiting 31 weeks and you're about to give up. Tell your neighbor, don't quit. Every prophetic word God ever spoken, he said, it is for now. will be for now. We will no longer say there yet four months to harvest. No, the moment that the word comes, you're going to say it's a now season. You and I have entered a different time zone. I said you and I have entered a different time zone. I don't think you heard me. I said you and I have entered a different time zone. We are not in Eastern Standard Time anymore. We are now in Kingdom Standard Time. What's Kingdom Standard Time now? Oh, y'all didn't say anything to me. I said, we have entered into now. I don't know how long you've been waiting. I don't know how long you've been yet holding on. But if you have not gotten weary in well-doing, I'm here to announce due season is upon us because we have entered into kingdom standard time. The time is now. How far is somebody tell them it's your time now? I said high five somebody and tell them it's your time now. in a totally different time zone. That's what miracles are all about. Jesus didn't operate in, in natural time. He operated in, in kingdom time. That's why when he went to that fig tree and the Bible says it was not the season of figs, he got mad and said, what? Who you think I am? I don't operate on y'all time. I don't operate by natural season. I operate on kingdom time all the time. Where are my figs? Figs better have my figs. This is a different time zone. Have a seat. Have a seat. See, when I look and see what's happening up in Frankfurt, I get excited every day. I, I, I mean, literally, I literally, 
I literally check their website about just about every day, if not every day, every other day, because I want to get an update on what's going on, what's going on, what's going on, because I want to see, because that's encouraging me, that it, no matter how long, because i got some big prophetic words that have been spoken in my life. In fact, oh, God, thank you, Lord. I was, I was praying this morning, and in the middle of my prayer time, God just moved upon my spirit to go back and listen to every one of those prophecies. Just in the middle of my prayer, just stop and listen to all these prophecies. Because they are for now. And there's some doozers in there, boy. I'm going to tell y'all like that. I'll tell us, y'all better hold on. Tell you that, but you better hold on. You better hold on. We about to go somewhere, baby, because there's some doozers about to hit this city. Some dudes is about to hit this region. Some dudes is about to hit your life. Some dudes are going to hit your home. Some dudes are going to hit your family. I'm on kingdom time now. How do I know? I know because... I didn't talk to dad about that, but he came, and that year God revealed to him, it was 2018, and the Lord spoke to him, to him about 2019 and 2020. He showed him something. He's a, he's a prophet. He's a seer. And he spoke 2019 and being the year of visitation, and we have been experiencing visitation. I said we have been experiencing visitation. And he said 2020 is the year of vision manifestation. I don't know if God has ever shown you anything. I don't know if God has shown you anything big in your life, but looking at my Gucci. It's about that time. I get excited when I see it happening in your life because that tells me he's moving, he's operating. Well, it ain't happened for me yet. Look at somebody else. Look at somebody else. Let's look at somebody else. It's happening, baby. It's happening. You see the train moving. Just stay on the train. You see it moving. Celebrate with somebody else. Magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. You know why? One, because they're glad for me, but two, because they know the train moving. So I'm glad when you get blessed. I'm glad when you increase. I'm glad when things happen. I'm glad when things move. I'm glad for you. So I'm glad of what I see. So I'm so, we're, my wife and I are so glad about 
this, this thing with Apostle Derby and Mama Berta, we had a whole trip planned. We were heading to, to New Orleans. We had told y'all that, I think. We're heading to the Prosperity Revival to be with Dr. Thompson for the week. Had already paid for the flights, already got the hotel reserve, already got the rental car reserve, everything, we're going. And Dad called us with this, we canceled that. Cancel that. I'm going to Frankfurt. Because I'll get to see a 31-year-old prophecy manifested. I can watch Doc online. Well, you can watch that online too, yeah, but ain't nothing like being there to watch God manifest what he said. All right, now, let's, let's keep going here. Let's keep going here. Let's keep going. Furthermore, that's my spiritual dad and mom. That's like them calling and say, we having a baby. We going to be there. We'll be right there. All right, now. Go over to Habakkuk, please. I'll give you a minute to find Habakkuk. We talked last year about the timing of God, right? Remember, I've been teaching all this year about how there are things that you can manifest by faith anytime. Right? Your faith can work anytime, but when it comes to vision from God, there's always an appointed time for it. It's God's, if it's a vision from God, it's God's timing. God's set time for it. You can't rush his vision. It's his set time. So Habakkuk 2 and uh, verse 1. Let me find it here. Come on now. Habakkuk 2 verse 1. Now if you, if you read chapter 1, we're not going to read it, but if you read chapter 1, Habakkuk is complaining about the state of affairs of the children of Israel. Okay? Chapter 2, he says, I will stand my watch. Now, this is what you got to do. This is hopefully what you've been doing for the last decade. I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart, on the lookout. Watch this. And watch to see what he will say to me. You got it. He didn't say sitting here. He said watch to see. Many times we frustrated because I don't hear God. I don't hear God. He's trying to show you something. Jeremiah 33 verse 3. Call unto me and I will answer you. And he didn't say tell you. He said show you. Great amount of things that you know not of. So he wants to show you something. Show me something, Lord. So he said, I'm going to stand there and see what he will say to me, and then what I will answer when I am what? Corrected. When I am corrected. Everybody say corrected. Corrected. Come on. I'm 
I'm so grateful in this last decade God has been correcting me. Like I told you, things I thought I knew, I found out were wrong. I had a lot of wrong information on the inside of me. I sure enough thought some wrong things. I'm not talking about sin. I'm talking about I thought wrong about God, thought wrong about Jesus, thought wrong about the Holy Ghost, thought wrong about money, thought wrong about healing, thought wrong about whatever, whatever, whatever. All my thoughts weren't right, but when, I, when, I, when he shows me something, now I'm corrected. I love correction. I dare you to say it. Say I love correction. Anybody who hates correction is stupid. That's how you know you're stupid when you can't be corrected. When you can't be corrected, you are stupid as a, as a bay pig. You stupid. Proverbs 12, one. put it on the screen because somebody get mad. Proverbs 12, verse 1, New King James, just so you don't get mad at pastor. Whoever loves instruction loves knowledge, but he who hates correction is stupid. The Bible says so. So this ain't me saying this. This is the Bible. This is what God said. Remember one time, one, one time my son, our son, uh, he, he did something. I forgot what he did, and we brought correction to him. Was that what it was? I don't remember what it was. I just remember what we did. He, he did something. He wouldn't listen, take any correction. So we made him write that same verse right there a hundred times. So he got it in his brain. He, now he can quote it. Had, and had him hanging on his wall. Right there by the door, leading out the room. So every time you walk out your room, you see that. He who has correction is stupid. That's cruel. Yeah. He got the point. You might all might should all try it on your children. Try it on yourself. Try it on your own self. There's plenty of people stupid. There's plenty of stupid people. So he said, he said, no, go, so go back to uh, Habakkuk 2. And what I will answer when I'm corrected. Thank you, Lord. I'll say this. That means even prophets can be corrected. That's what happened to Isaiah. Yes, sir. Isaiah thought he all knew everything. He said, when the year King Uzziah died, he said, I saw the Lord. He said, oh, oh, I just got straight. I just saw something I hadn't seen before. So even prophets can be corrected. So I'm thankful that in this last decade, I've been corrected. Glory to God. So let's keep going here. Verse uh, 2. Get back on that page. Then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. Watch verse 3. For the vision is yet for what? Yet for what? So every vision from God has an appointed time to it. But at the end, or at the manifestation time, it will speak. So visions speak. When they manifest, they will speak. Your vision is going to say something. 
Now you got to catch this here. Because we're coming into the year of vision manifestation. I'm not, I'm not going to try to, I'm not even going to ask the Lord, Lord, show me what's 2020. He already told us. I ain't got to pray about that. Well, no, the Lord might say something different to you. No. He already told, told my man of God what 2020 is. What else is there to talk about? So vision manifestation. So he says the vision, when it, in the end, it will speak and it will not last. So whatever God's going to manifest in this coming year and beyond is going to speak. And it ain't going to lie. Because it doesn't come from a lie resource. The, Jesus told, 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 uh, told uh, the Pharisees in John 8, he said, when the devil speaks, he speaks from his own resources. Everything he speaks is a liar. He speaks from his own resources. So anything the devil produces will lie. Any vision manifestation from the enemy is going to be a lie manifestation. It's, <laughs> if you read the book of Revelation, the Bible in Revelation talks about the end times uh, when there's going to be a beast and so forth. He said the beast is going to uh, have an image and he says he's going to give life to that image, give power to that image to speak. In other words, we have God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Ghost, right? In, in the devil's camp, you have Satan. He's going to have the beast, which will be his version of Jesus. And then he's going to have the image, like the Holy Ghost, right? So he's trying to imitate God. You read the book of Revelation. But he said he's going to give the image power to speak. He's going he's to do miracles, he said. He's going to do miracles. But he's going to be a lying wonder. Because even in his miracles, the source is going to be a lie and it's going to produce lies. So that's why you and I got to make sure we are very discerning about even what we're seeing out there in the world today and even creeping into the church today and we think, oh, that, that's good. Look at that. Look at so-and-so. Look at that. Okay, you better be more discerning than that. Okay? Amen. Praise God. So in the end, it's going to speak and it's not going to lie. Though it tarries, though it tarries, though it's been tearing 31 years, though it's been tearing 20 years, though it's been tearing five years, God, God told me that five years ago. What's taking us along? Though it tarries, wait for it because it will surely come. It will not tarry or it will wait no longer. So we're about to hit that. Yes, sir. <laughs> I mean, somebody, you better start preparing for what you've been, for what you've seen. You got three months to get ready. This is about right now. This is this tonight and this the rest of these three months about getting you ready for what's about to pop off in 2020. So you, you better get ready. I got a vision of me preaching all over the world. Well, you better, you better, you better, you better get ready. You better <laughs> get ready. I mean, what you doing to get ready? What you gonna wait till it's time and then say, ho, 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 hold up, hold up, hold up. I see myself being married. Well, what you gonna wait till till he asks you? I got news for you. If you gonna wait, he ain't gonna ask you. All right, that's let me get back on point here. 
Because the Bible doesn't say he that finds a girlfriend, it says he that finds a wife. That means you got to already be wife material when he finds you. That's on, that's on the subject. You got to already look like, act like a wife when he finds you. He's not looking for a girlfriend, he's looking for a wife. So tell your neighbor, get ready right now, get ready. Tell him you got three months to get ready. You got 90 days. Prepare yourself for vision manifestation. Prepare yourself for what God is about to bring to pass in your life. All right. Okay, let me keep going. I'm almost out of time. If I don't finish tonight, I'll, I'll, I'll keep going Wednesday. Is that all right? Okay, so Ayin. 70. Okay, now we're shifting. We're shifting now. Into 5780. Now I want them to put on the screen for you a picture of this pay. P-E-Y. Pay. Look at it. P-E-Y. Pay. Pay. It's payday. Pay. This payday. This next 10 years. You're about to get paid because it's payday. It's spelled P-E or some places P-E-Y, but it's pronounced P-A-Y. It's the 17th letter of the Hebrew alphabet. 17 is the number, biblical number of victory. It's the number of victory, 17. It's the 17 letter, pay. It comes after ayin, pay, 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 pay. It, it, the, the, the numerical value of pay is 80. Every letter in the Hebrew alphabet has num a numerical value. That, you, you ever read in the book of Revelation? Have y'all ever read Revelation? Yes, sir. Two of y'all, okay. I understand. I used to be scared of it too. I used to boy, I book read Revelation, boy, it's scary. Till I found out it's the revelation of Jesus Christ. I said, oh, it's good. It's good news. It's for the world to be scared, not for us to be scared. So, you know, the Bible talks about the, the mark of the beast. The mark of the beast. And it says the number of his name, 600. Three score and six, which means 666, or as we like to say, 666. It's the mark of the beast. And, the, and, and, and John the Revelator says, and whoever can understand this, you'll have an idea of who it is. Who the Antichrist is. Because there's a number of his name. 
in Hebrew, every letter has a numerical value. Jesus Christ, even his name has a numerical value. 777. No wonder they, they, could, they could match up every prophetic word from the book of Genesis to, uh, to, to uh, Malachi and point to Jesus. Yes. You understand that? Yes, so it has a numerical value of 80. 80 is symbolic in, in the word of fullness of strength. It's a fullness of strength. And I'll show you something else in a minute. Fullness of strength. Moses... Born, taken into Pharaoh's house. First 40 years of his life, he's in Pharaoh's house, raised to be an Egyptian, but he's a Hebrew. And in the fullness of time, something happened on the inside. God dropped a revelation in him. God dropped a revelation in him. And the Bible says he went out and saw how his brothers were doing. He saw something. He's raised up now as a prophet. Once he sees, he's now going to speak. Remember, he killed a, a, an Egyptian, hit him in the sand. And then he came back the next day, saw two, two Hebrews fighting. He was going to deliver them. They said, what, you going to kill us like you killed that man? And the Bible says now he knew that what he had done was known, so he took off and he ran. Spent 40 years now. Wandering around the wilderness. Well, he ended up in, there in Jethro's house of Midian. Married his daughter. What was her name? Zipporah. Yeah, Zipporah. That was her name. And uh, married her. And, uh, but one day, while he's out there tending the sheep, Jethro's flock, he looks over and sees a bush burning. That, and the bush was burning, but it was not consumed. What he saw was the bush, but what he saw beyond the bush was the fire, God in the bush. And he, when he saw that, he went, the Bible says he turned to see what it was. So when you see something, you have to now turn to see what it is. God's trying to show you something, but you can't be too busy doing something else. You got to turn to see what he's showing you. And when Moses turned to see, the Bible says God spoke out of the bush. I can't hear God speak because you keep being too distracted and you won't turn to see what he's showing you. You must first turn to see what he's showing you. So when God showed him that, he now, God now speaks out of the burning bush and says, Moses, hey, I'm calling you. I want you to go back. So he gives him the message and everything, right? He's 80 years old. At the fullness of his strength. When he goes back. In other words, he did not fulfill his prophetic assignment, his life's assignment. Moses' name means drawn out. One, he was drawn out of the river. But two, his assignment in life, his destiny was to draw the children of Israel out of Egypt. So he didn't fulfill his life assignment until he reached 80 fullness of strength. Another interesting fact, Moses had an issue. He couldn't speak very well. God got upset. Okay, 
I called you. Don't keep telling you can't talk. I can't talk. I can't talk. Okay, here comes your brother Aaron. I'll let Aaron speak for you. I'll let Aaron speak to you, speak for you. Aaron, the Bible talks about, he was such, he was a more eloquent man. And Aaron, uh, God used Aaron sort of as a judge, sort of as a uh, man to deal with affairs of the people. And so whenever they have issues, marriages in trouble, he'd speak peace. He was a peace speaker. And so uh, as leg uh, the, the Jewish sages say that because of that, when people would, would get back together and then have kids, they'd name their children, their sons, Aaron. So they said at one time there were 80,000 Aaron's in Israel. Fullness of strength. But also 80 is the time to speak. God told Moses, I'm going to send you to Pharaoh and you're going to be a God to him. You're going to... Y'all got to catch that. You're going to be a God to him. Who shall I say sent me? I am that I am has sent you. When you get to the children of Israel, tell them I am that I am has sent you. When you get to Pharaoh, you're going to be a God to him. Which means, uh, Moses, I'm putting an authority in your mouth that whenever you speak, your words are going to come to pass because I'm making you as a God to him, y'all got to catch it. This is this is very very critical. I'm sending you forth, Moses, as a god. Y'all will catch this by next Thursday, not this week. Next Thursday, I'm making you a god to Pharaoh, a god to Egypt, a god to the world system. I'm making you a god to them. Can y'all handle this? So when you go back to this word pay, this letter rather pay, the 17th letter of the alphabet, the numerical value of 80, the picture of pay, put the picture back up, is a picture of a, it looks like a face, doesn't it? You look like little hair flips, see the little hair flip up there? Remember we used to wear those hairstyles back in the day, little hair flip, little, little scoop? None of y'all used to wear that. Y'all too young for that. We used to have a little, little, little soup up there. But what you see is a mouth. Pay is a picture of mouth. Ayin was a picture of the eyes. It was a decade of seeing, revelation, visions, dreams. But pay decade will be a decade of speaking. I will make you a God to them. You're going to speak like God. And when God speaks, things happen. From now on, when you speak, things are going to happen as if God 
God himself sent them because he said, I'm making you as God to them. So do you understand why God has spent so much time in his last decade teaching us about new creation realities? Teaching us about our sonship. Romans 8, the whole world is groaning and travailing, waiting on the manifestation of sons of God. The earth is waiting for the sons of God to be revealed. So you and I had to get a revelation of our sonship in this, in this last decade. So now in this decade, we can now speak and operate as sons, not like servants. The servants are the angels. We are the sons. Oh, y'all better catch that. The servants are angels. We are sons. The servants, the angels, stand in God's presence. You and I, the sons of God, we are seated next to him in heavenly places. So we are to operate as sons. So he had to give us through this decade a revelation of our sonship, of our royalty, of new creation realities. To show us what manner of men we are. Y'all got 15 minutes? I promise you, you'll, you'll be okay at work tomorrow. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness covered the face of the deep. Face, that word face, the first letter in the word face is pay. And the spirit hovered upon the face of the waters. Pay. His spirit is on the mouth of the waters. All waters have a mouth. John 7, I think it's verse 37. If you believe in me, as the scripture has said, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. So every river, all the waters have, must have a mouth to release. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Now watch. Genesis 1, verse 3. Put Genesis 1, verse 3 on the screen. Y'all catch this here. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. So how did light come? God spoke it. He said, let there be light, and there was light. He said, let there be light. He didn't say it was dark. It was dark. He said, let there be light. Or as the Jewish sages teach us, he said, light be. He spoke what he desired. He spoke what he wanted and it came. And then there was light. So what he saw in his mind, he spoke from his mouth. Now watch verse 4, verse 4, verse 4. And God saw the light, that it was good. So he saw it, spoke it, saw it. He saw it, spoke it, saw it. 
So what you have been seeing in this last decade by revelation, by wisdom, by prophetic vision, by dreams, this decade you will now speak what you have seen and you will in the same period of time now begin to see what you have spoken. I don't know if y'all catch what I'm trying to tell you. I'm trying to tell you you're about to move into an acceleration of manifestation. Do you, oh man, have, have you gone through the scriptures, through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and seen how many times Jesus Christ would speak to something and the Bible would use the word immediately? Hasn't it sometimes been frustrating to you as a Christian? God, how come when I speak, I don't see immediately? He said, you're about to shift, you're about to move, because now you're about to move into KST, kingdom standard time, and the moment you speak, you're going to begin to see immediately. No more delay. No more putting things off 10 years. No more one day. When David ran into Goliath, David didn't say, Goliath, one day I'm going to take your head. He said, Goliath, this day I'm going to cut your head off. This day I'm going to get the victory. This day we're going to defeat you. This day. He was operating in a different time zone. All right, sit down real quick. Sit down. Let me, finish. Let me, let me at least get, get through Genesis, and then I'll, I'll send you home, and you can meditate on this till Wednesday. Put up uh, 26, please, 26 and 27. 26, 27, and 28. We'll do that. Then God said, so he's speaking again. This, this, tell, your neighbor, tell your neighbor, this is how God operates. Tell us about it on the other side. This is how God operates. This is how God operates. Then God said, let us make man in a different image and a different likeness. Let's make man and make him lesser and inferior than we are. You got to catch this here. Pastor Roy, you got this here. In our image according to our likeness. So we're gonna, they're going to be like us. Our image, they're going to have our character, our attributes. So just like you have eyes, God has eyes. You have a nose, God has a nose. You have ears, God has ears. You have hands, God has hands. You have feet, God has feet. Sit here at my right hand till I make your enemies, yo. He sits on the throne. You got a butt, he got a butt. Y'all not hear me. He has a mouth. You have a mouth. Now watch this. Keep, keep going here. He said, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So you and I already know we have dominion over all that stuff. So we're not on the same level as any of those things. Verse 27, please. 
So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female. He created them. Keep going. Then God blessed them and God said to them. So what is he doing? He's releasing something here again. He said to them, be fruitful, be fruitful, and multiply, be fruitful. He's not recommending it. He's not suggesting it. He's putting, a, he's putting a, an empowerment on you. You and I are all empowered to be fruitful and multiply. You can't be barren in God. If you're barren, I'm talking about physically, spiritually, emotionally, financially, if there's any barrenness, it's a violation of your real identity. You are empowered by God. To be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over every living thing, every living thing that moves on the earth. Over every living thing that moves on the earth. Everybody say living thing. Give me verse 21, please. I'm going to show you something. Verse 21. Let me just go back to here. So God created great sea creatures and every living thing. Okay, so you just saw in 29 living thing, verse 21 living thing. Keep this in mind. Go to Genesis 2, verse 7. Genesis 2, verse 7. And the Lord God, now this, remember he said it back in 1, what he's going to do. He tell us now how it's done. And the Lord God formed man, formed man. The dust of the ground. Okay? Now we don't know, you know, people say, did he use his hands or did he use his mouth? Well, everything so far, he's used his mouth. And it says, and breathed, breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. Now, has anybody ever done or seen uh, CPR? When you're giving, administering CPR, what do you use? Your mouth. Your mouth. Right? So when it says he breathed into his nostrils, he breathed into Adam's nostrils, he used his mouth. From his mouth, it says he breathed the breath of life. Okay. Now, I want you to catch something here. I don't want you to be, um, uh, elementary all your life. In, in, ter in terms of our understanding, I'm talking about. So he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. Okay, does that mean he just simply said, and now man said, oh, I'm breathing now? No. No. It says because... Here, and man became a living soul, a living being. Now, every animal already had breath. Every other animal's had breath. Animals have breath. Oh, every animal has breath. Fish breathe through their gills. Every animal's breathing somehow. So this, this, this is more than... Oxygen and CO2. He's breathing something into Adam. He's breathing, let me, here it is more, more specifically, he's breathing someone. Who is he breathing? He's breathing himself. 
into Adam and he became a living being. Now remember, I had you look at verse 29 and I had you look at verse 21 of chapter 1 because it said living thing. Now when you see living being here, that word living being in the King James of things use the word soul. Right? It's the, it's the Hebrew word nefresh. Nefresh, right? But when you go back to Genesis chapter 1 and verse 21, Genesis 1 and verse 29, and it says living thing, it's the same word nefresh. So, are you telling me animals became the same thing Adam did? No, because obviously, if they did, we wouldn't have dominion over them. They became the same thing. So when it's telling us that man became a living being, we became something more than what the animals became. They can live, they can breathe, but they can't do something you and I can do. When you check the Jewish sages and they translate this verse, it literally means that man became a speaking spirit like God. When he breathed into man, he breathed himself into man, man became a speaking spirit like God. That means the animals did not and do not this day speak like God. Now, I can't prove I'm wrong or I'm right, and you can't prove I'm wrong on this when I say this statement to you. I believe animals did talk before the curse. That's why when the serpent came talking to Eve, she wasn't tripping. Right? Satan came as a serpent. And she's talking, having a full conversation with him. Hey, how you doing, cuz? Hey, what's up? He wasn't talking snake. He was talking human. And she carried on full conversation with him like it was nothing. So I believe they were, that's just me. I can't prove I'm right. You probably can't prove I'm wrong. It's probably why when, when Balaam was riding his donkey and the donkey knocked him off, the donkey started talking to him. Why he ain't trip? That's just, just my opinion. It's neither here or there. But even if they could talk, they were not speaking spirits like God. They, they probably talked, this just came to me, they probably talked right up until Genesis 11. Remember what happened in Genesis 11? They were at Shinar, the Tower of Babel, and all the languages were confused in the Tower of Babel. That's probably where communication was cut off between man and, and animals. Because up until that time, they probably said, hey, Babar, bring me some of them bricks over there. All right, let's, let's close here for tonight. 
for tonight because we're going we're gonna to eat these uh, apples and honey. For Shana Tova. Shana Tova! Y'all are trip. All right. I don't know how I got way over here, but I'm just. Okay, here it is. We're speaking spirits like God. Now, I'm going to close out for the night. Let's go back to Psalm 81. Y'all come back Wednesday? You can make it. Today's Monday, right? If you can make it, you have time. If you're not watching live PD or something like that. If you really want to know what's about to happen in your life, if you really want to get a jump start on your future, I highly recommend you be here on Wednesday night. You back in Psalm 81? Now, I just find it is no coincidence because God didn't work by coincidence that it was 10 years ago when this decade started that God sent Apostle Derber here. He was Pastor Derber to us then. It was exactly 10 years ago, 2009, when he came here, right about this same time, 2009, and God used him as a prophet to usher us into this last, this past decade that we were in. It's no irony, no coincidence that God used him. And no question that, that, that God is shifting him now. And we're going to shift with the shift. Oh, I'm shifting with the shift. You know, when you dig, if you and Pauline were riding on a motorcycle, you were riding, she on the back of it. And if you hit a real turn, she got she to lean with you now. Because if she don't lean with you, man, you be over there. She be over there somewhere. Tell your neighbor, you better lean with it. You better rock with it. You better rock. Come on, you better lean. You better rock with it, man. We better. Come on now. You better, you going to turn up somewhere else. Hey, when we lean, you better lean. All right, Psalm 81, let's, let's finish here. Y'all can get that uh, ready for us, Pauline. Just give you this scripture here. Look at what it says in Psalm 81, verse 10. I'll use this and we'll, we'll, we'll pull off here. I am the Lord your God, who in these last 10 years by revelation have brought you out of Egypt. Yes, Let me You've you been brung out. You've been brung out. 
I still have debt. No matter. He brought you out. You already free up here. It's just a matter of time that this decade, this, I said, this decade coming. Some of y'all, it might be this year. I mean, you're already at the edge. Just one little push. Just one little push. I'm the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Now, watch this. This, this is your instruction, all you ones who've been brought out. Brought out. Open your mouth wide, and I will fill it. Now, in a decade of revelation, you've been brought out. Now you got to shift and open your mouth wide. This decade is a decade of the mouth, the decade of speaking. The last decade was a decade of seeing, vision. This will be a decade of speaking, using your mouth to cause everything to happen. How many of y'all want God to fill you up? You want to know how you're going to get filled up? Not by working harder. Y'all ain't say nothing on that. I said not by working harder. Not by a second job and a third job and 60 hours and 80 hours and not, and not by, by another this, another that, another this, another that. It's going to be when you open your mouth wide, he said, I'm going to fill it. I, in other words, I, I already brought you out of that system. In the Egypt system, you had to work hard to eat. Y'all ain't catching it. In the world system, you had to, you had to toil and struggle to eat. You, you had to eat by the sweat of your brow. If you want something better, you got to work a little harder. But Egypt is not where you live anymore. Where you are now in the kingdom time zone is going to be opening your mouth to get things done. Speaking to get things done. Calling things that be not as though they were to get things done. Speaking to mountains to get things done. Oh God. Oh, I'm trying not to get into Wednesday night. I'm reminded, though, Deke, of how he let us practice this in this decade. He gave us little glimpses of it. Reminded, 2017, there was a hurricane called Armor Girl. Girl was barreling down on St. Petersburg. All the weather forecasters said it was going to come directly and hit St. Petersburg and knock St. Petersburg off the map. That was all they predicted. A Category 5 hurricane was going to wipe St. Pete in this area off the map. Preachers fled. Pastors fled. But prophets stood. Because prophets don't run from trouble. You stand and use your mouth, Moses. You stand and use your mouth, Joshua. 
And we spoke to that thing. Y'all remember that? And what happened? That, that girl said, I can't go over there. Went completely around our area. Oh, we got, we got a little wind. We got a little rain. We got all that kind of stuff like that. But we still here. They showed on the news, oh, we had buildings fall down. The only building fell down was a building down the street, which was already condemned. They was already fencing off, ready to tear it down. I could have driven my car and knocked that thing down. It was, it's trying to make it so bad. What was that hurricane that was supposed to be heading a couple weeks ago? What was that one? Dorian. They were to my Dorian coming here. We sort of said, Dorian, go back east. Dorian was trying to come. Dorian's like, don't. Ah, I went right back out here. What's happening? You and I have gotten a revelation in this decade of who we are. That we're made in God's image. We are speaking spirits like God. So how you and I are going to operate in this next decade? Listen to me. Listen to me. Cut all your toil out. Cut all your struggle out. That ain't how it's going to happen. That ain't how it's going to happen. You're going to open your mouth wide. And he said, I will fill it. Well, how are we going to eat? Open your mouth. How are we going to drink? Open your mouth. How are we going to have clothes? Open your mouth. How are we going to have a place to stay? Open your mouth. I need a car. Open your mouth. You don't need to open all the line of credit. Open your mouth. Call a car into your garage. My wife and I did the same thing. That's exactly what we did in our house. We called cars into the garage. Big old house with no furniture. We had to call furniture in there. We had to call cars in the garage. All right, now, let me, let me give you one last thing here. Uh, switch to, the, to the, uh, the Passion Translation, because this is where we're going to jump off Wednesday night from the Passion Translation's version of this, okay? I am your only God, the living God. Wasn't I the one who broke the strongholds over you? And raised you up out of bondage? Yeah? Okay, then here's what you do. Open your mouth with a mighty decree. I will fulfill it. I will fulfill it. I will fulfill it now, you'll see. The words that you speak. Tell your neighbor, you got to say something. You got to say something. That's what you've been learning this last decade. You've been learning faith. You've been learning how to operate. You've been learning how to sell in the word. Now it's time to move from revelation to demonstration. Now it's time to move from revelation to articulation of everything God has told you, everything he said, everything he's taught you, everything he's trained you in. Now it's time to start releasing and using your authority as speaking spirits. Like God. You better catch this. Y'all hear me in the back? 
That means you're going to talk like God and you're going to get results just like God. People are going to say, who you think you are? I know who I am. That's what God told Moses as his prophet, as his mouthpiece. I will make you a God to Egypt, to Pharaoh. He said, I brought you out. Now you're going to speak to it. How are we going to get this debt? You're going to speak to it. Every time that bill comes in, I curse you in Jesus' name. I dare you, boy, you get home this week tonight and just start, take your debts and just start cursing them. Pull it out. Get your credit report. Pull a credit report. And speak to every one of them. Every one of them debts, I curse you in Jesus' name. He didn't say, he didn't say, get some money and I'm going to take care of it. He said, no, you open your mouth and I'm going to take care of this. You're going to decree a mighty decree. And notice he says, I will fulfill it. God's going to back. I can't wait to win tonight, man. I'm going to tell you some stuff. Boy. I will fulfill it now. Are y'all ready to live in it now? Are you ready to really switch time zones? Now faith is the substance of things hopeful. Stand up. Now, I'll, I'll finish Wednesday night, or get further into it, I should say Wednesday night, and talk to you about this decade. I want to give you something real quick about this year, 5780. This is just something I, I, I noticed. I thought, wow, that's interesting, God, you say this in 80. Now, we're in Psalm 81 I want them to show us Psalm number 80. 80. The pay psalm. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. This is the payday psalm right here. Now, I'm not going to read the whole thing. I don't have time to read the whole thing. But I want to show you three verses in Psalm 80. Okay. Verse 3. Restore us, O God. Cause your face to shine and we shall be saved. Now, hold on. The word face starts with pay. It's from his mouth. Now, anytime you get in God's face, anytime you get in God's face, there are three things that you're going to always get. In anybody's face, three things you can get from, from somebody's face or from their mouth. Number one, you get their breath. Good, bad, or indifferent. Right? You're going to be met by somebody's breath. While you're talking, better check yourself. Breath is always at the mouth. That's how God breathed into Adam from his mouth. That's how you give mouth to mouth resuscitation. That's how you're going to breathe life in other people. You're going to breathe. So God wants to make sure your breath is right. So from God's mouth, we get his breath. His breath is his wind. It's the anointing. It's his spirit. Yes. Number two, everybody say number two. number two. You get a voice out of the mouth. There's a, God has a voice of prosperity. His voice is the voice of prosperity. So anytime you get around God and get and seek his face, you're going to run into his mouth, and from his mouth you're going to get his voice. God's going to always speak something to us. I will stand on my watch, and I will... 
uh, stand to see what he will speak. So God's always going to say something from his mouth. Number three, a mouth always provides a smile. Smile. Somebody smile. Smile. Smile at your neighbor. Look at him. Let him see you smile. Now, smiles are important because a smile is an indication of pleasure, agreement, or watch this, favor. You read through the book of Proverbs and over and over again, it's talking about how in a king's countenance, you want to make sure when you come before a king, his countenance is a, has a smile because when you have his smile, he's going to demonstrate or show you his favor. So you're going to get his breath, you're going to get his voice, and you're going to get his favor, his smile, his favor. So watch this. When it says, restore us, O God, cause your face to shine, a shining face is indicative of favor. So watch. This is Psalm number what? 80. This is year number what? 80. Restore us, O God. Restore means turn our captivity, break us out of captivity. Anybody here in captivity or anything? Cause your favor to be on us. And we shall be saved, delivered, set free. Got it? All right, now look at verse number seven. Number seven. Restore us, O God of hosts. We move from just God to God of hosts, the God of angel armies. Once again, he repeats, cause your face to shine or let your favor be on us and we shall be saved. Got it? Delivered. One last place. Verse 19. 2019, isn't it? Restore us, O Lord God of hosts. He's going from God to God of hosts to oh Lord, Lord God of hosts. So this is the Lord, the God of financial transactions. Cause your face to shine. Let your financial favor be upon us and we shall be saved. So I'm not making a, de a declaration. I'm giving a suggestion that throughout this year, you remind God, God, Lord, God of hosts, cause your face to shine on me. We used to say in, back in the old days, shine on me. Y'all going to sing the whole song? In other words, God, release your favor on my life. How many of y'all could use God's favor on your life? May this year be a year of supernatural favor from God that floods on your life. May every time you enter God's presence, may he declare, you are my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. You are my beloved daughter in whom I'm well pleased. May his face shine upon you. May you experience his breath and his anointing. May you hear his voice and his wisdom. And may you see his smile and his favor be all on your life. May he release financial favor on you and deliver you out of debt, 
of lack, of poverty, and any manner of financial bondage. May it happen in your life in 5780. I declare it. I decree it like God, a speaking spirit in Jesus' mighty name. Now receive that right now. And give him praise. And give him glory. And give him honor. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Come on, give God glory. Give him praise. Give God glory. Give him praise. Shana Tova. Y'all have some napkins or something? Oh, there they go over there. Bring them over here. Get them over here. Oh, y'all got them. Okay, good. Y'all be ready. Praise the Lord. Now, in the Jewish tradition, at the beginning of the new year, they don't eat black-eyed peas. Part of their tradition is to eat apples and honey because apples and honey are um, a symbol of sweetness. So what they're looking for or saying is for you to have a sweet year. How many of y'all want to have a sweet year? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Honey on the tongue. They'll put honey on babies, Jewish babies. They put honey on their tongues to get them used to something sweet. Jews, Jewish babies are just trained to expect prosperity. They're bred for prosperity. So when we do this, it's God's way of saying, I'm breeding you, I'm raising you up for prosperity. I want you to have a sweet year and I want you to have a sweet life. Shanatova! We're going to do it again this time. Y'all, oh, you got the good talk. I thought you had to. When I say Shanatova, y'all just go crazy for a minute. You can do it on the, on, the, on the good talk. I don't care how you do it. Whatever. Just. I heard the keyboard, I mean, the drums and the. That. All that. Just bang, bang, bang. Ready? Shanatova! 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 Now what I'm going to do, I'm going to pray. And I want you then to uh, each side go to the outside wall. And I want you to come around. And uh, you'll get a napkin, and you can take your uh, apple, dip it in the honey. And what I'll do, I'm going to ask Pastor Kim, come on, come on with me, please. And uh, she'll stand there. And when you come, I'm just going to lay my hands on you. She'll do the same thing on this side, just to release and agree with you for a Shana Tova. So, Father, we're so thankful that you crown your Shana with Tova. You crown the year with goodness and your paths drip with abundance. 
So we fully expect, God, that this will be a year of Tova all the time that we'll see goodness upon goodness upon goodness upon goodness, blessing upon blessing upon blessing, favor upon favor upon favor, that this year, Father, as we open our mouths, you will fill them, and God, as we make our decrees, God, you'll fulfill every decree that we speak this year. Thank you, Lord, that this will be the best year we've ever had, the best year we've ever had and that it'll get higher and higher and higher until Jesus himself returns. We love you. We thank you for this night. And as we even pray and release these blessings upon your people, let the, the manifestation begin now. Thank you for a jump start, a head start on the year now. We decree it, and it's so your people are blessed. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. and amen.